Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. We're going to make our way to our seats tonight. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bible. Amen. We're going to go to the Word of the Lord. Directing your attention to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 3. It's a tiny little book. Amen. You got to flip a few pages, or if you have an app, you can go right to it so you can be a little quicker. But Titus chapter 3 and verse number 8. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 8. If you have it, say amen. Amen. All right, let's go. Uh, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. We're going to just talk for a few moments tonight. Amen. From... This verse and other verses, and this is a lesson I have taught, amen, some time ago, but I feel that it would be beneficial to revisit tonight, Um, and I'm just going to call it a Christian character, a Christian character. Character is the complex of mental and ethical traits, marking And often individualizing a person, a group, or a nation. You've heard of the character of a person or the character of a nation. Or the character of a particular group of people. In essence, character is who you are. And they've said before, character is not just who you are when others are watching. But character is who you are when no one's watching. Character, your character is who you are when you leave the doors of this church and you go your merry way. That is your character. The character of an individual is not always seen, amen, in an altar call at the conclusion of a a church service. But your character can be seen, amen, many times just by you as you're home alone, amen, and you're faced with temptations or you're faced with different things. Your character the way that you conduct yourself. It's the manifestation of the influences that you have allowed to enter into your life. The manifestation of the influences that you have allowed to enter into your life. So it would behoove us, amen, to guard ourselves and to watch, amen, for what we allow to influence us. H. Jackson Brown said our character is what we do when we think no one is looking. Our character is exemplified in how we treat three things. How we treat ourselves, how we treat one another, and how we treat our God. A man should treat himself according to good character. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 19 through 20 says, what, a question mark, 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are the possession of God. Your character is that is on display in how you treat your body, how you treat yourself. Amen. If you are engaging in self-destructive practices, amen, that will shorten your lifespan. Amen. It is uh, not the will of God. And it is uh, going against what Scripture says. And it is sin. Secondly, a person is to treat one another according to good character. Luke chapter 6 and verse 30 says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the third aspect of it is a person is that a person is to treat God according to good character. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, amen. We know that one all too well. But Deuteronomy 6 and 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Someone shout all thine heart. With all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Amen. We have a commandment that has been given to us in Deuteronomy 6 and 5. That we are to love God with everything that is within us. With all that we possess. We're not to share it with anything else. We're not to share it with the world. But we are to give God 100%. We're not to give God 95% and give 5% to the world. But we are to love God with all of our heart. And with all of our soul. And with all of our might. Because he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to receive praise and to receive glory. Someone shout praise the Lord. Amen. The development of a Christian character. Amen. It must be first, it must first be understood that character is different from values. Values are those things that are taught for the purpose of influencing a person's conduct. While character, on the other hand, is that person's actual conduct. You can talk to me and others about what you value in life, but your character and how you live your life will show, amen, what you do truly value. And good values lead to good character, which leads on to future good values. It must start with valuing the right things in your walk with God. Amen. A person must have, amen, if they're going to live successfully for the Lord, they've got to value the house of God. A person, amen, that says, I, I want to finish the race like Bishop finished the race. Amen. You've got to understand that our Bishop valued the house of God. He valued coming to church. He valued coming to church early for prayer. He valued coming to every single service. Amen. The values, amen, that was in our Bishop drove his character. And it showed on the outside. And you and I have got to value the right things in life. We've got to value coming early for prayer. 
We've got to value, amen, being faithful in tithes and offerings. We've got to value, amen, our time alone with God in prayer. We've got to value the Word of God and say, I'll not let a day go by that I don't bend my knee and talk to Jesus, that I don't open my Bible and read the Scriptures. I'll not let a week go by that I skip out on church or I, I show up late. But I'm going to value the right things. I'm going to value the preached word of God in my life. Amen. It's one thing to amen the preacher when he's preaching to somebody else. But how about when the preacher's preaching directly to you? Can you shout, steal a hearty amen? Preach to me, pastor. Preach to me. Preach to me. Preach me out of hell. Preach me out of my bad habits. Preach me out of my misery. Preach me out of my troubles. Preach to me. Preach to me. Preach to me. Hallelujah. I'm going to reflect for a moment. Amen. There were times, amen, as I uh, would listen to my dad talk about, amen, different times in his walk with God. There was times, amen, where he said there was a time, amen, I went to church and the preacher was preaching directly to me. And I knew it. He may not have known it, but I knew it. Amen. I chose not to just sit back and show up, not just to sit back and say, man, what's he talking to me for? But he said, I chose to say as hard as it was, preach to me, preacher. Preach to me, preacher. I value the word of God in my life. I value the word of God. And when a person places their values in the proper order and in the, on the right things, their character, amen, their life story, the things that flow out from their lives will indicate what they have been valuing all along. Right. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, I love you tonight. I praise you tonight. I worship you tonight. Thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for the preaching. Thank you, God, for the house of God. Thank you, God, for the finances that I get to give into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. I want to always value the house of God. I want to place a high value on it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I will be honest with you, amen, I have grown up in church all my life. Amen, I was, since I was born, I was coming to church. My mom and dad brought me and hardly missed service, any, any services. Amen, was always early. Amen, I've just grown up in church. Amen, but there, there was a, a few times, amen, where I, I, I skipped a midweek as I got a little bit older. And I, I realized how easy it was to skip another service. Amen. But then I remember when I did show up to church, how good it felt and how refreshing it was to come back into the house of God. And God helped me in that moment to, to gain a new perspective that I need church. Amen. Even though I grew up with it all my life and may have taken it for granted different times in my life. Amen. I need the house of God. I need you and you and you. I need the people of God. And we need one another. I'm thankful for the house of God. There's safety in coming to church. 
I'm a little bit off my notes, but it's all right. Amen. I saw something just recently, amen, that really depicted, amen, uh, it really brought a clear picture in my mind of, of something that we talk about, amen. There, there will be those in, in that you will experience in life that say, I don't need to go to church. I'm, the Bible talks about the priesthood of the believer. I can stay home and have my own church. And if you've ever meandered down the search menu on YouTube and you've maybe looked at some National Geographic videos of, of wildlife in the Sahara, wildlife in Africa, you, you, you encounter videos that, that show the, the lion that's hunting his prey. And the lion that's hunting the prey is looking for what? The one that says, I'll make my own hangout over here by myself. I'll make out. I'll make my own hangout over here by myself. I, 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 I ain't, I ain't got to follow the pastor. I ain't got to follow the herd. I can do my own thing. I can start my own thing over here on the side. Amen. That is always the one that becomes the prey for the roaring lion. And the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's still the same in 2021. I've got to get back into the fold. I've got to stay tight with the fold more than ever before, lest the enemy find a way and an avenue into my life and seek to take me out. I'm going to make it. I made a commitment a long time ago. Amen. I, I was going to finish the race. I was going to finish my course. I made a decision. Amen. A long time ago that I may not be the fastest one off the blocks. Amen. I may stumble and I may fall, Sister Nancy. But one thing I determined, amen, Sister Christine, that I was going to cross the finish line. No matter what would happen from point A to point B, amen, I am going to cross the finish line. I am going to finish my race. Whatever I've got to do, whatever hurdle I've got to overcome, I will finish the race because I'm valuing, I'm valuing. My commitment to the Lord. And I came and I made a choice, amen, a decision years ago as a, as a young 11-year-old boy. That I was going to serve the Lord and told the Lord I was going to do this until I die. Until my dying day. And there's been times when I've messed up, I've stumbled, I've fallen, I've been discouraged. I, in those moments, Brother Noah, I reminded myself, you know what? I told God I was going to go all the way. And I'm not going to allow this or this or that or this over here to stop me from finishing the race and completing the course that I started out on. I'm valuing, amen, my commitment to serve the Lord. I'm valuing my commitment to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. You know where you get a lot of values? Amen. The right values in life. It's it's coming to a church service such as tonight. And hearing the preached word of God that goes contradictory to everything else you heard. Amen. Throughout your day. On the radio perhaps. Or on television. Or on your social media. Or what your friends are doing. Amen. The preacher begins to preach. Amen. It begins to change the way that you think. And if you'll commit it to your, yourself to God in an altar and say, God, let this word get in my heart. Let's get on the 
a church service like tonight. Your values can be further solidified and cemented as you find a place to pray. And you say, God, break me. Strip me down to size. Strip away the excess baggage. God, I want, to, I want you to work in my mind. I want you to work in my life. I want you to work in my heart. I want to value the right things. Some people will value family over church. Some people will value relationships over church. Some will value jobs over church. Some will value, amen, a lifestyle of sin over church. Some will value lots of things before they value the house of God. But when you got a made up mind, God, I determined a long time ago I'm going to value the right things. You put it in my spirit in preaching. You put it in my spirit during a teaching session. You cemented it further, God, as I prayed, as I fasted. And God, as I live it out, God, I'm showing the world what I actually do value. And my character is on display. Character development begins at birth and is a process that will continue throughout one's life. Many factors, people, and experiences will affect your character and my character development. Amen. The different things that you encounter in life, the, the trials and the storms that you go through, the family, amen, that you've grown up with, it goes to affect your character. Amen. Society will attempt to affect your character. Amen. The world in which we live is a daily influence upon our character. The social standards and practices of behavior not only mold our character, but also challenge our character. And you've got to have a made-up mind that says, you know what? I'm going to be renewed in my mind every day in a place of prayer. I'm going to stay in the Word of God every day. In my consecration and my devotion to the Lord, that the world around me and the society at large will not affect my character, but I'll keep it, amen, right with the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6 through 7 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. It's talking about, amen, the influences of a family. And how that as a believer we are to influence our family in the word of God. We are to influence, amen, our unsaved loved ones or our children, amen, to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm all, we're already starting. We've already begun a long time ago trying to teach our, our sweet Lene. Amen. That there's one God and his name is Jesus. And how to how to begin to find a place to pray. And when we have family prayer time, amen, she, she oftentimes will go to a specific place uh, in the living room and, and she'll, she'll get in front of the wall and she'll crouch down and she'll say, Daddy, would you come pray for me? Amen. We're teaching her how to pray. Amen. From a young age. Amen. And, and it would be who every one of us, amen, with the same tenacity and the same zeal, amen, to teach our family and to be a godly influence in our homes. 
Amen. And see, uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I refuse to let the ungodly family members in my family tree influence me against the preaching. Influence me against coming to church. Influence me against my convictions. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There were many times as I grew up as a when I grew up as a young man, my brother Paul will give witness and testimony to this. There were times we would go to uh, perhaps it was a, a wedding of a family member that got married, and we would we would show our support and our love and encouragement. And then there was times in, in the wedding as you go to the reception, you know the story. Amen. They, they go to the reception hall, and all of a sudden, it goes from this beautiful romantic scene in a garden with, you know, the, uh, the birds singing and all that, all that good stuff, and then the the disco ball begins to turn, and the and the music begins to hit, and and the and the, and the, the alcohol begins to flow, and we every time, mom and dad look at each other. I think it's time to go. It's let's go, boys. We're gonna get in the car. We're gonna go. Say your goodbyes. Give your uncle uh, Joe Schmo, give him a hug. You know, I mean, I love all my uncles. I respect them. But give give your uncles, give your aunties a hug. We're going to go bye-bye. Because my parents value, amen, this word of God that says we will influence our children for the right way and not allow it to be the opposite. There were times, amen, I remember as a a child, amen, uh, when... There would be visitors from out of town show up right before church. Man, that clever devil. They show up right before church. And mom and dad would say, man, we're so glad you're here. We hope we are going to be around after we get back home from church in a couple hours. And we'll have some good fellowship. Because they value the things of God. And you, you place a high value in the house of God, the right things. The world around you begins to recognize. Man, don't ask Christine to hang out on Wednesday nights. You know she goes to church. Stop asking Brother Daniel to hang out on Sunday mornings. You know he goes to church. The world around you will begin to recognize. You know what? For me, and I'm going to embarrass Brother Noah. For me, it was a manager that began to ask me. To stay a little longer on Wednesday nights. And work some overtime when we had church. And Brother Noah, I would argue with my boss. Man, we would get into it. I would tell him, I'm leaving right now. I'm going to church. Right. He would get so mad. He would say, you know what, though? I'm your boss and you need to stay overtime. We need you. What am I going to do? I'd say, I'm sorry. I'll be back tomorrow morning and I'll, I'll work my tail off. And we'll, we'll make it happen again tomorrow. The only way that I can be a, uh, and I don't say it braggadociously, but the only way I can be a top performer in this warehouse is because of my my values and my commitment to the house of God. Right, my, my commitment to going to church. Right. My commitment to the things of God. Yes. And uh, there, there may be uh, a time or two uh, when, you know, <clears throat> something happens. Uh, but I would tell you 99% of the time, I was here. I almost would tell you 100% of the time, just in case there was one moment and someone calls me out and says, hey. But I'm going to tell you, 
I value this place. I value my walk with God. I value the things that I've been taught since a child. The other thing that will affect and influence your character is education. Uh, We live in an educated society. The educational system of our day does so much more than just teaching, than just teach reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're pushing some propaganda. There's lots of things that are going on behind the scenes. And I would tell any mother in this place or grandmother that's involved in their kid's life, amen, to be involved in the education that they're receiving in their schools. Amen. Stay adept at what's being taught to your children and grandchildren. Amen. And challenge them. Challenge the teacher. Amen. Uh, Because the children are being taught more than just how to read, write, and do math. They're being taught how to live an alternative lifestyle. They're being taught that it's okay. Amen. For for this alternative lifestyle. It's okay to have two moms and two dads. It's okay to to abort your, to to have a baby before marriage and, and abort without telling your parents. There's a lot of stuff being taught. And you've got to be the one that says, baby, what are you learning? What's going on? I heard something recently. Amen. It talked about a path to destruction sometimes is, is filled with Ivy League degrees. You can get so educated. Amen. People, they, they rely so much on education as head knowledge that they lose the practicality and they lose the foundational teachings of Scripture. I don't care if you have a Ph.D., amen, you have an M.D., you don't, you have an M.B.A., if it doesn't line up with this book. This is the rock of ages. This is the time-tested, amen, truth, the word of God. If it doesn't line up with this book, I don't care how acceptable it is in a public school system, amen, this book trumps everything else. And if the day ever comes, God forbid, where I get off and then this book disagrees with my lifestyle, this book will reign over what I say and what you say. This is the book for all time. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never, never, never pass away. This book is what matters the most. And if you'll value this book, and you'll look at things in the light of this book, what does this book teach? So the world has lots of different things that they'll talk about. With uh, We can go down a list of hot topics. Homosexuality, abortion, amen, uh, 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 doing drugs, and, and illicit relationships. You know what? Don't take my word for it. Don't, you don't, don't say, well, the preacher doesn't like this, so therefore I don't like him. You know what? Get your Bible and say, what does the Word of God say? What does the Bible say? It doesn't matter what I already think and what my preconceived ideas and notions are. What does this book tell me how to live my life? Amen. Maybe I've been told a lie all of my life. Maybe mom and dad had it wrong. Grandma and grandpa had it wrong. Amen. Professor Jones had it wrong. But this book is the light to my path. It's a lamp unto my feet. And if you'll value it, it'll help you avoid destruction. It'll help you avoid a world of hurt. Friendships are the other thing, the fourth thing that will impact and affect your character.
They, the old saying goes, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. I'll show you who you are. Who's your circle of friends today? Who's your close circle of friends today? Think on that for a moment. Who is your close circle of friends today? That's what your future looks like. That's who you are, whether you want to admit it or not. That's who you are. Who's your close circle of friends? That's what your future looks like. You want to change your future, start changing some friends. Start saying, God, help me to get closer to my my family of God, the church. Help me to work at building relationships, God, in the church. When we go out to different churches and fellowship, help me to make new friends in the church. Help me, God, that my life would go in the right direction, God. Because they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And expect a different result. It's a life that's frustrating. Friendships, although a necessary part of life, will affect you greatly. Who's your close friends? That's what your future looks like. That hit home for me a few years ago. As I as I heard that, I thought, man. Any of my friends? What what are my friends doing in life? Well, I got some brothers that are my my dear friends. They're they're doing good in life. Living for God. I got some minister friends that are pastoring churches and they're doing well. You begin to look at that in life and say, man, how do I become what he wants me to become? Sometimes you've got to change your friends. You say, well, I can't, I can't betray my friend. We got a blood oath. You know what? Life is a teacher. The word of God is a teacher. And you begin to look at life and life experiences. You say, man, this guy, this gal I've been hanging out with, just problems and drama and, and addictions and, and brokenness and Come to think of it, my life's kind of been the same. Maybe I need some new friends. Maybe I need God to help me and make some new friends. These are things that affect your character. You gotta watch who you hang out with. You gotta watch who you associate with. You can say, well, you know what, Pastor? I only hang out with Christians. That's wonderful. But make sure that the Christians you're hanging out with have a pure heart and a right spirit. Bitterness will quickly jump to another individual if you are not careful. You can hang out with a bitter or hurt Christian. And if if you don't approach it the right way, it'll begin to rub off on you and affect you. I knew knew a a man one time that uh, he... He didn't have the heart to uh, move forward in life as different 
of his friends were leaving the church. I'm kind of talking vaguely, a little generally for the sake of privacy. But uh, uh, this man uh, saw one individual after another begin to leave the church. And this one was hurt. That one was hurt. And he said, well, I'll, I'll be the friend that nobody is to them. And I'll try to keep that relationship alive. And with time, it began to poison him. He began to lose that zeal for the Lord. And he began to become a little bit bitter. And look sideways at the preacher and the ministry and, and all these different things. And it affected him. Because he said, I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to stay connected to the, the bitter and the hurt people. And it's one thing to try and reach out and help somebody. But when someone chooses to be hurt and they choose to be bitter and they choose to uh, knowingly walk away from truth, you've got to say, man, I'm going to be right here when you're ready to come home. I'm not going to walk down that road with you. I'm sorry. I love you. And I love you too much to do that and to condone what you're doing. But there's a way back home when you're ready. I love you. But to hang out with bitter Christians will rub off on you. It will affect you. The church, and I'm, I'm trying to move this to a close, the church will also affect your character. Right. Along with marriage and the home, the church is a divine institution. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 27 says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And it is obvious from this verse with its diversity of ministries that God was intending for the church to have an influence in character development. The other reason why we we talked about I was glad when they said it to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And the value of the house of God is because in the house of God, our spirits are open and susceptible to divine influence from the gifts that God has given the church. And each and every time I come to church, I open my heart again, and I open my mind again, and I say, God, would you speak into my heart and into my life? Change me. Change the way I think. Change the way I act. Change the way I behave. Change the way I walk. Change the way I talk. Change everything about me. And from those offices in 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 through 28, amen, good character traits such as compassion and mercy and generosity and faithfulness and a myriad of others are being proclaimed across this pulpit. And they're affecting your character. Amen. God wants to help you to become more like Him and less like the world. And that doesn't happen when you stay out in the world. It happens when you get yourself to the house of God. You say, God, I'm going to open myself up again to the preached word of God. I'm going to allow my pastor to preach into my spirit things that need to be there and to preach things out of my life that don't need to be there. Hallelujah. I want to allow a man of God to lay his hands on me and to pray things out of me and to pray God's spirit into me and to pray God's promises and vision into my life. God wants to make of you a beautiful, beautiful vessel that he can use. Amen. If you'd stand with me tonight. I'm, I'm skipping over a lot of stuff for the sake of time. 
but the ultimate reward of good character and these things that I'm talking about tonight is there will come a point in time when God takes your corruptible body and exchanges it for an incorruptible one if you've been living a life pleasing to Him. It'll be an incorruptible body that will house an incorruptible character. Some of us, if the rapture was to happen right now, may not make it. God's still working on us. God, I've got so much stuff in my life, in my heart, in my mind. God, work on me. God, work on me, Lord. I never want to get to the point in life where I think I got it all figured out. I'm perfect. I want to always be in a place that says, God, search me, oh God. Know my thoughts and my ways. See if there be any wicked way in me and cleanse it. Remove it in the way that's everlasting. I always want to have a spirit and a heart that says, God, do with me as you see fit tonight. God, I want to be like that publican and that, that, that picture you painted, Lord, in the Gospels that stood next to the Pharisee and he beat his chest and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I need you, God. I got a long ways to go. I got a long ways to go, God. I got a long ways to go, God. I want to be what you want me to be, Lord. I want to be a soul winner, God. I want to be a loving Christian. I want to be a good husband to my wife. I want to be a good daddy to my girls. I want to be a good man of God to the church. I want to be a good employer. I want to be a better Christian. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving for perfection. And if you'll allow it tonight, God will help you on that path to go from where you are in your current state to where he wants you to be and what he wants you to look like. Bear with me as I tell this final story which you may have heard before. The story is told of a group of women women that met for Bible study. While, while studying in the book of Malachi chapter 3, they came across verse 3 which says, and if you get a little softer, Brother Nate, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And this verse puzzled the women and they wondered how this statement applied to the character and nature of God. And one of the women offered to find out more about the process of refining silver and to get back to the group at their next Bible study. The following week, the woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him while at work. 
She didn't mention anything about the reason for her interest beyond her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith work, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest so as to burn away all of the impurities that might be inherent in that silver. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. And then she thought again about the verse that says he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. And she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the entire time the silver was being refined. The man answered, yes, that not only did he have to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on it the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. And the final thing, the woman was silent for a moment. And then she asked the silversmith, but how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and said, oh, that's easy. When I see my image in the silver, I know it's done. When I look at the life of Alex Camarena and I see my image, it's done. When I look and I examine, I look at the life of a whoever it would be, and I see looks like Christ. Looks like me. I know it's pure. I know it's right. As the music begins to play once more, I want to ask you a question tonight. This message spoke to me so much before church. <laughs> Not about my dad, but just about my life. <laughs> when God looks at you, does he see a reflection of him? Or is it a reflection of every other thing in this world? When he looks at your life, he say, man, that looks a lot like me. And it convicted me, it spoke me. Because if we're honest, there's so much in our lives that we're still working on. We're saying, God, help me to be better at this and better at that. But when the silversmith looks at the silver and sees his reflection, he says, it's done. And God is allowing us to go through things in life, allowing you to go through trials, allowing you to go through storms. Some of you wonder why. Why does it have to be so hard sometimes? Why is the fires of refinement to be so high? Why does it have to? Why is it me? God says. I want to see my image in you. I don't see it yet. I want to see the image of my glory when I look at you, but I don't see it yet. 
Come on. Come on. God's talking to somebody here tonight. Would you close your eyes? Would you begin to lift up your voice?
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, there's